Hello, hello, everyone. This is Tanika Drake from God's Gift Through His Word. You are listening to Walk in Truth Radio with my amazing friend, Pastor Jay. Please be sure to get your encouraging word each and every day on the following podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Podbyte, LoftyCast.com, Google Play Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Please be sure to always tune in. He always has an amazing, encouraging word. God bless your hearts. Be blessed, motivated, and inspired. Take care, you all. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Real Talk Weekend. Don't throw the baby out with the bath water. Don't throw the clean baby out with the dirty bath water. We're talking about why do people leave institutional church? Why do they leave church? Why do they leave the congregation? And sometimes, why do they leave the body of Christ? I posed a question on Facebook and asked, would people kindly respond to why did they leave the institutional church? And I got various responses. And I thank those who have respond, responded. Some uh, responded in my inboxes. There are others who wanted to talk to me over the phone and explain. Uh, there were those who decided that email letter was the best. And I have about 50 responses in total. And there's some common denominators and there's some still some questions I would like to ask. But today we're going to talk about don't throw away the baby with the bathwater. And what I'm making a plea for is don't give up on church or institutional church. And see, I know the word institution means control. And we tend to use words that we in Western society seem as demonizing to describe something. And now we call organized church institutional church. It has built-in control mechanisms. And I would like to say this right off the top. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as every organization where you have people gathering together to hear, to grow, and to achieve requires leadership and order. Now, by no means am I discounting the reason why people have left the church. And I don't mean the body of Christ, but sometimes it gets so that they just leave the body of Christ altogether. So it starts with leaving the church. You know, it doesn't just happen one day. They just leave the body of Christ altogether. It starts by leaving the congregation and from and uh, being uh, leaving the leadership. So the first thing I noticed was that most of the people left because of bad leadership. Leadership that was either incapable or callous in the way they led them or the way they perceived leadership to be. Meaning, just because you hold the title doesn't mean that you have the capacity to be a leader. Some say leaders are born, but I would say leaders are born and they are trained. Again, just because you have a title doesn't mean that you're a leader. And that's what we do in church. We gain titles 
and the titles in our minds of those who are don't have titles is that you've obtained some kind of proficiency one in the Bible, two in leadership and three in motivating and encouraging those to go forward. That's not necessarily true. So therein causes a person who gets under bad leadership. They look at the church as a whole and say, even though it's that person or that group of leaders or one particular leader in a leadership position, such as the first lady or the choir director or somebody like that, that doesn't know how to lead. Instead of trying to find a way for uh, reconciliation, they'll just leave. And I can't blame them because some of the situations that I got exposed to personally myself and um, through this questionnaire are just horrendous. Uh, the people that's in leadership has, have no busy leading anybody. And I wouldn't leave my, my pet with them to lead them around the block to use the bathroom. That's just real talk, you know. But what I, the, the hurting part for my heart is they leave the body and leave congregations of people that they love and care for because they just can't take it no more because the people don't band together and even try to figure it out. Yes, if a person wants to leave a congregation, they should be free to leave, just like they freely came into the door. But I noticed in the situations that uh, responded to my questionnaire, even when they left, they began, they were ostracized and ostracized, and ostracized not only by the leadership, but the leadership told the congregation to ostracize them, make them feel bad, make them feel like they were less than, make them feel like they fell out the body of Christ and or the teaching makes them feel like a second class citizen as if the Holy Spirit that's in the leader is so much more superior than the Holy Spirit that is in them. That's not biblical, that's not balanced, and that's not good leadership. The next reason I found that people leave uh, the institutional church, and I'm going to use their words, the institutional church, is money. Money, money, money. Let's be frank, in America, it's all about the money. And when we give our money, we expect a return. We expect to see something. Some ministries get to the point whereas they spend more money on the edifice than they do on ministry. So you really don't see nothing but the building. You may only go to the building three times a week. You may want to drive by and that's okay and point to people and say, this is our building. But what is happening on the inside of the building? A lot of times, nothing. The pastor or the visionary eyes can get big and espouse to the field of dreams theology or philosophy, which is, We'll build it and they will come. Well, that's not biblical either because the Bible tells us clearly and, and wants us to use some common sense, which is not too common in Christendom today. For some reason or another, we come into church and we sit on the best part of our minds, but I digress. Let me go ahead. So we're supposed to count up the cost. Count up the cost. You have 20 members and each member gives $100 a month. So that's what? $2,000, right? Now you go get a church that costs $6,000 a month. And what you do is put pressure on the 20 to do more. And it comes normally in the form of not one offerings, not two offerings, three offerings, even what I call shut the door offerings, meaning we're going to shake you down and we're going to get a certain amount of money before we let you leave. Anybody with some common sense would, would, would leave that system. And they love the people there. 
but they can't understand that kind of tyranny inside the body of Christ. Basically becomes a pimp thing. And then there's the churches who basically have auxiliary ministries as funding programs to pay their pastor. Meaning that not only does the pastor get a salary and a, uh, what's that other word? Um, um, housing allowance, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, it's a technical term for taxation, but you know, to me, if you're getting money, that's money in your household, whether it's salary or housing allowance. One is taxable, one is not, but it's still money. And I was in an interesting, interesting situation behind that, where the pastor was not getting his salary, but getting his housing allowance. And his housing allowance was larger than his salary. And he had the leadership at the time go before the church, <coughs> excuse me, and really hound the church about not getting his salary. And I was pulled aside, being, being naive and gun ho. I was told that, look, his salary is nothing compared to his housing allowance. His housing allowance was five times his salary. So then I felt ashamed. And then on top of that, all the auxiliaries were conditioned to do what they do. And some of it's really not ministry. It's like multi-level marketing, selling, selling, selling this, selling that, doing this, doing that, all to parade down the aisle and hand the pastor a check at some point in time for his anniversary, for his birthday, for the day he started the church, all these different festive days to put money in the head pastor's pocket. I still haven't said ministry. Anybody that comes to Christ, they, they come wanting to do ministry. And then I got exposed to a church that had like 20 different ministries <laughs> on a placard. It was almost like a, uh, it became, it looks like a, a obituary now. And out of the 20 that they had, they couldn't see that they were losing membership and losing funds. And they expect the 10 that's left to support what it took to do the ministry. And now on that placard that they've laminated so they could tell people about what they do from the pulpit every uh, Sunday is now reads like an obituary. And sometimes they go ahead and announce these things and they don't even do them. So the person shows up on Wednesday like, you, like you've announced and nobody's there because you haven't been doing them for the past five, six years. It's just something that has faded. So there's various reasons why people leave church and money is the biggest one. Now, leadership, money, and now denomination. I don't know how I am not denominated oriented of any particular way. You know, I grew up, uh, I remember going to a Baptist church um, when I was a kid, really wasn't into it. So I'm not uh, under any denominational uh, hierarchy in that sense or leaning towards one another or criticize one another. But I noticed that most of the people, when I pressed them a little further, all of them come from, all of them come from a word of faith, uh, prosperity, leading to Pentecostal background. All of them come from that kind of hierarchy. And it was quite interesting. <clears throat> none of them were Baptist. None of them were Lutheran. None of them were Catholic. None of them were even Seventh-day Adventist. And, and, and the biggest clincher was, I need to see what we're doing with the money that I give. They want to see ministry, quality ministry. They want to go out and minister to people. And there's not a lack of people who want to do that. 
but they get into these churches who have these issues and have these problems and they just leave and they begin to, to, to go out on their own. And, and again, a church is not the building. You don't have to tell me that. I know the church is the body of Christ and we work together. We work better together than apart. And yes, you can have a building or not. I understand that. I believe that if you're spending more than 50 uh, percent for the edifice and I'm talking about electric gas phone, everything, then you're going to be upside down. That includes his pastor's salary and everything, because you have to have some money for ministry, because that's what you have to show the people that you're really doing with their money. You have to be doing ministry with their money. It's not about the building. You know, what's the point of having a great building and you don't have anybody in it to do anything or your all your money that goes to keeping everything working hoping that somebody comes through the door how they're going to go out and evangelize and they don't have material or or things to do or they don't feel confident that when you they walk in there is competent leadership and that's another strange thing we get so romantically and i don't mean in a sexual way but sometimes it, it acts that way but we become so uh, uh lustfully attached to church that is failing and it's like we play the last man standing like Somebody told me it's one thing to be fired by God and it's another thing not to know it. It's it's almost like Saul syndrome. It's like you keep going, knowing that it's come to an end, but you just keep going because that's all you know how to do. So now you have to wonder, are you worshiping the pastor or just the church structure itself? Or are you following Jesus? You know, those are kind of questions I ask. So, I mean, when did you start worshiping your pastor to the point that you can't really see what's going on? That if this was happening in the natural world, you would be able to call a spade a spade. But in the church world, we spiritualize everything to the point there's no practical sanctification. There's a spiritual sanctification and there's a practical sanctification. Our spiritual sanctification should lead into our practical sanctification. Our vertical should be played out in our horizontal. And God doesn't want you to be dumb. So you leave the church and you start do your own thing for a while. And the danger of being a Lone Ranger is and the danger of being a Lone Ranger is that sometimes you can get so far out there by yourself to where now, instead of idolizing the church, the institutional church, the pastor and, and the money thing, you the, the danger is you can become your own God. Because what you believe is God has sanctioned you to be on your own. And I'm not saying there's times where for certain missions he called you to be on your own. But there's some great people that I know that loves God that's been hurt by institutional church that they have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. My plea is this. Go find you a church. Yes, it's going to be hard work and you might have to step away from your denomination. You can't be so held to the denomination because that may be the problem to which all other problems fall. It's the teaching of the denomination and how they're structured. You might need to break away from the denomination, not supporting any or non-denominational. Just saying, if you're going to break away, search for some church. One, write this down. One, Bible teaching church. Bible teaching church meaning topical preaching and teaching is fine but line by line and verse by verse teaching is better that's how you learned in school you start at chapter one then you go to chapter two and if you don't understand chapter one the teacher will sh slow down and go back but topical uh, teaching works like this and it's a kind of a game that I know some pastors play they study all week 40 and some don't study all week but they study all week 
and they spent a lot of time to teach you something in one hour. It took them 40 hours to get what they're going to teach you in one hour, and it's topical. And then when that topic is done, there's really no discussion on it, but what you can conjure up at that time, there's no review on it because the next week, another topic, and the next week, another topic. And then they put topics inside of scripture that they want to talk about, which is isogeting texts and reading into the text what they want versus exogeting the text and explaining the text. Now, watch this. Now, do you think this is more superior? Line by line, verse by verse, and let the Bible pick the subject matter and pick the topic and you discuss it from there. So even if you miss a week or two, you know what book they're in. You can read ahead. You can be more prepared to have a discussion. Even if you don't know what the pastor's talking about, you've read ahead and you might have questions. And then there's a great open dialogue. It's just not a monologue where they're talking about a subject that you're not familiar with and you have to wrap your mind around it in the 45 minutes. And then at the 50th minute, it's time for a collection or offering and it's time to go. There are churches that teach the Bible. Two, leadership style. What kind of leader do you need? Do you need a leader that holds your hand? Do you need a leader that pretty much lets you go and doesn't micromanage as long as you have clear understanding of instructions? There are leaders out there for you that will fit your style. I'm basically a leader that believes that if you're taught correctly through the word of God, the Holy Spirit will help you. And my God is just a tweak. If you say you're going to do an assignment, you have the freedom to do it as you choose within the guidelines of the scripture. You're not going to do it exactly like me. That's not my point. My point is not to make a clone. My point is to watch you use your gift and help you develop and encourage you in your gift. And if your gift takes you away, then I want to encourage you to go. If your gift helps you stay and help us grow, I want that, that to happen too. But my job is to be your guide and not your God. You know, find a church where the pastor is really a servant and not the pinnacle. Where he tells you on a regular basis, he's your guide, not your God. The God is not a cosmic candy man. He's not a genie. He's not meant for your personal pleasure in the sense of material blessings, but he wants your spirit and your soul, first your soul to be saved and then your spirit to be matured and the blessings will come as he chooses to give them to you. But the first things first is your salvation and then your spiritual sanctification, which will eventually uh, manifest in your uh, natural sanctification or your day-to-day -day sanctification and dealing with other people. Find a church where love is the key. And I'm not talking about the ooey-gooey stuff that comes from your emotion. I'm talking about that concentrated love that because we have a father that loves us, we are a part of one family, and we love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. There are no big eyes and little U's, but there's order. There's structure. But there's freedom and liberty, too. They're out there. Maybe they're not in a big church and maybe they are. Maybe they're in a smaller church. Maybe you need a smaller, more intimate congregation that you can hang out with. But they're out there. You need to find one. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. This is my plea. Man, find somebody. Find some people that you can start Bible study with. If, that is, if that's how you want to start, start that way. But please do not stay a Lone Ranger. Unless God has given you truly an assignment that requires you to be alone. You know, it's not enough just to get together and have coffee. We're talking about a community to have all things in common that look after each other and take care of each other. We talking about a church body that may meet in a building one day and meet outside the next. 
but their purpose is to do ministry and to show people the love of Jesus Christ. And they spend most of their time, tender and talent trying to figure out ways to do so. They're out there. They're not normally with your name brands, but, but why do you need a name brand? You don't wear your church like you wear your Nikes. But some people do. You want the recognition of the name brand. And again, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's irritating you, if that's causing you uh, conflict, then leave. But don't look, search for something else. And again, I'm going to plead again. That's what I'm trying to do. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Search for something else. Search for something that, that will enlighten you and stretch you and challenge you. You know, go to the Bible study. And, and another thing, write this down. Never join service off an emotional sermon that pricks you and you just come the first day. No, I, <clears throat> I suggest that you sit for six months to a year and participate with them in their ministries and come to their Bible studies and see if what they teach is what they preach. You'll see if it's all about the money, because not only will they do the three offerings on Sunday, but they'll be offering as you to offer up in uh, in uh, in Bible study in Sunday school. That's called taxation without representation. That's not good. Find a way. Sit, observe their interaction with each other. See, do we have uh, subversive groups trying to to subvert the authority like you have a pastor, but he's really not the pastor. They're really not the pastor, but somebody else actually makes the decisions from the corner. You know, you don't want to be involved in something crazy like that. That'll cause you so much grief. See if they love you. See that even though you're not a member, when you come to participate in the ministries, see how they treat you. Are they just treating you this way to get you to come in the door? It'll, it'll, it, trust me, you'll see if you sit long enough. One of the tales that we have at Walking Truth is this. There was a, a lady, and I know she's not going to be heard if I mention her name, Sister Jackie. She came to our service through a friend of ours, and she had a lot of questions. She started searching, and she started coming to Bible study. And I guess the Lord graced her to get answers through the teaching. She participated in all of our ministries and she was a catalyst to us going in the nursing home. We assumed, including myself, I'm giving invitation to join Walking Truth. And then all of a sudden, she comes forward and all of our jaws drop like, huh? Because we don't really have this, this formal thing, you know, we just want to know. But our jaws dropped because she had participated so much. We just assumed that she was a member. But what she did was the smartest thing. She sat, she observed, she participated, and then she decided this was the place for her. And nothing has changed in her participation and her love since she's officially joined. All she wanted to do was make sure so she wouldn't make the same mistake she made before. That's smart. And even I assumed because of her participation that she had joined. But in my heart, I guess she had joined. But she sat and observed. So again, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because you've been in church a long time 
don't mean that you're saved. And just because you, your family is affiliated with a church and there's a window with your grandpa's name on it or a pew that has your family name on it, it's just wood. And if you're going to church just because of that and you're not growing and changing and being challenged, you're wasting your time and you're not growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you today again, find a Bible teaching, Bible preaching, Bible living church. No church is perfect. There are going to be some issues, but you may be the person to solve the issue if you just come in and find out where you fit in and you grow with that body that you attach yourself to and they become your loving brothers and sisters in Christ. This is Pastor Jay with Walk in Truth with Real Talk Weekend. You can contact me at WITMIN at Yahoo.com. You can follow me every day with my one-minute encouraging word. You can also check us out on Facebook at Walker True Christian Fellowship, and you can see what we do. We also have a uh, uh, another Facebook page, Let Us Reason Together. Um, that was my name of my radio show, but the podcast is Walker Truth Radio with Dr. James Sutton on all podcast platforms, including SoundCloud. Our lessons, the one-minute encouraging word, and everything that we do and everything that we teach is there. So please feel free to contact me uh, and uh, instant message me if you have any questions, any concerns. If you have any ideas that could help us out, please do so. You're welcome. Again, this is Pastor Jay Walking Truth Radio. Always want you to be encouraged and be blessed. And guess what? Be at peace. See you on the other side. Real Talk Weekend.